His soul is guarded who guards the Torah. Torah leads to diligence. The Torah commences with kindness and ends with kindness. Only Torah serves to purify a man. Torah is peace. Now those are but a few selections from centuries of rabbinical reflection on the importance of studying the Torah, the first five books of the Hebrew Bible that contain the law of Moses. Now why is the study of Torah so important? It is the wisdom of God existing before all creation. It is a reflection, if you wish, of the mind of God given to man who is privileged to wrestle with, discern, and incorporate the principles of the Torah into his or her life. The Torah guides one in his or her relationship with God, with each other, and with humanity. A lifetime spent in the study of Torah is considered a blessed life. Now that's the background for what we see in today's gospel where a scholar of the law attempts to test Jesus. Now it should be pointed out that when Jesus was tested in this manner in Mark chapter 12 verses 28 through 34, it was done out of respect and sincerity. In this particular case, however, the question comes from hostility and yet another effort to trap Jesus in his speech. This is the misuse of religion in its worst form. It is almost comical because what the scholar of the law had not grasped was that Jesus is the Son of God. He was always one in being with the Father and what the scholar could only achieve by intense study over a lifetime Hailed by comparison to the full knowledge of the Torah that Jesus possessed by nature. The scholar of the law was way out of his league as he began his hostile examination. The scholar asked Jesus a very Jewish question. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And Jesus gave a very Jewish answer because he was, he is now, and he will return a Jew. May it be today, or at least before the election, please, Lord. Jesus first quoted the most essential prayer in Judaism contained in the Torah, it's the Shema, which means hear or listen. It is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. The devout Jew offers this prayer every morning and every evening, and if at all possible, these will be the last words he or she will say before death. Man's first obligation is to love and serve God above all else. This, says Jesus, is the first commandment. But then he does something very interesting. Again, thoroughly Jewish, but unique. Jesus quotes again from the Torah, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. 
You shall love your neighbor as yourself. What is interesting is what Jesus doesn't quote, which the scholar of the law should have picked up on if he was worth his salt. The very beginning of the verse reads, you shall not take vengeance or bear any grudge against the sons of your own people. The very thing the Pharisees, the Herodians, the Sadducees, and now this scholar of the law were doing and therefore violating the law. The scholar was using the law as a weapon against he who is the law in human flesh. And at the very end of the verse reads, I am the Lord, which Jesus most certainly is, but a reality that the Pharisees, the Herodians, the Sadducees, and this scholar wouldn't want to touch with a 10-foot pole. Jesus concluded that the commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, is like the first and on this fusion of love of God and love of neighbor, says Jesus, the whole of the law and the prophets depend. In other words, if you don't love the neighbor, you don't love God. This would be picked up by the Apostle John in his first letter, chapter 4, verse 20. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And who is the brother? Whoever we see at any given moment. What Jesus did was to make the love of God and the love of neighbor not only into one commandment, but the greatest of the commandments. Indeed, love of God and neighbor are the fulfillment of the law that this unique insight could be grasped by the human mind was made clear in the encounter I've referred to earlier between Jesus and a scribe as recorded in Mark's gospel. The scribe went so far as to boldly state, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other but he and to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the strength and to love one's neighbors oneself as much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. That probably torqued off the temple priests. But this was religion at its best. And for that insight, Jesus said to the scribe, you are not far from the kingdom of God. The contrast of the scholar of the law in our reading and the scribe in Mark's gospel is interesting. Neither of them understood the reality of who Jesus was. That was understandable. The scholar of the law used the sanctity of the Torah as a weapon and thereby degraded his humanity. The scribe in Mark's gospel used the sanctity of the Torah to come to truth and thereby grew in his humanity. The scholar called Jesus teacher, but with derision. The scribe in Mark's gospel called Jesus teacher out of respect. The scholar used religion to beat up someone he deemed as less religious than himself or a threat to his religion. The scribe used religion 
to achieve insight through dialogue with Jesus, whose views were different from his own. Arguing about religion is a waste of time and energy. It is non-productive. This sincere exchange of beliefs with respect, however, can lead to understanding and even friendship. Two months ago, a man called, allegedly wanting me to ask a question about a church teaching. I said I was happy to do so. I invite him to come over, I'll put a pot of coffee on, and we can visit. I much prefer to do those things face to face. He said his schedule didn't allow it, and he asked his question over the phone. When I attempted to offer a clarification that he clearly did not understand, the man began yelling at me and accused me of denying Christ. Well, from there he went on rambling and ranting and raving in some kind of monologue. Now, you all know how patient I am. And I have to admit, my tolerance for that kind of behavior is quite limited. He would not allow me to explain what we believe, which is why he called, and he continued ranting and raving. The most charitable thing that I could do was hang up the phone. And I had Proverbs chapter 29, verse 20 in the back of my head. Do you see a man who is hasty in his speech? More hope for a fool than for him. So I hung up the phone. He called back. And I asked, are you ready to listen to my answer? And boom, off we go. You're denying Christ going on and on and on and on. I hung up. He didn't call back. He was using religion as an excuse to attack, to bludgeon, to belittle. He did not want an honest exchange. He perverted religion, as did that scholar of the law, as do all who attack others' beliefs and are unwilling to engage in respectful dialogue. Our love for God, says Jesus, is only as real as is our love for the neighbor.